Good morning. Hey, thanks for uh, joining me again on our Reset series. This is day two of our third week of this. In regards to repentance and the repentance circle that we've been sharing with you, we are on the side of the circle where you begin to move towards obedience. You're moving from weakness, from sin, and you're moving towards obedience. And and uh, the way that we do that is so different than what we expect. It's really more and more believing the Word of God, believing the promises of God, believing and giving consent to the Holy Spirit to change you and to be the change agent for you. And so the battle is really for your mind, it's for the way you think, the way you believe, what you value. Our, our text for today, for our, today's devotional, is, comes from Romans chapter 2. It's verses 1 through 4. Now, there are some aspects of this that sound very harsh. And, and if, we, if we miss the gift in the middle of this, uh, we miss the whole point. So listen closely to what Paul writes in Romans chapter 2. He says, You therefore have no excuse, you who pass judgment on someone else. For at whatever point you judge another, you are condemning yourself because you who pass judgment do the same things. Now we know that God's judgment against those who do such things is based on truth. So when you, a mere human being, pass judgment on them and yet do the same things, do you think you will escape God's judgment? Or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, forbearance, and patience, not realizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance? Paul's writing about the judgment of God or the wrath of God in these first couple of chapters of Romans, is so crucial to understanding the heart of God, to tell you the truth. One of the things that's surprising is that the greatest demonstration of the wrath of God or the anger or justice of God is, is when God decides to stop contending with us, when he when he stops convicting us, when he stops provoking um, an awareness of guilt or even shame in our conscience. The worst manifestation of the wrath of God is when he lets you do whatever you want to do. A lot of us kind of had this idea of God being this kind of punishing God who kind of zaps you when you get out of line, but but Paul says the very worst of things is when God no longer contends with you but lets you do whatever you want to do. Now, in this particular part of the passage, he's referring to the way that when you are religious, when you are devout, there is a tendency to compare yourself favorably to others to believe that they deserve judgment, but you don't. You deserve blessing, you deserve favor, because you are so obedient, you're sacrificing, 
But what, what Paul is saying in this passage is he's saying both the religious and the irreligious, both the, the devout and the unobservant are all <laughs> at their heart level doing what they do out of the same motivation. See, if you're trying to save yourself, you're basically doing it out of, out of fear and pride. And if you're living for yourself and living for no one else other than yourself, your own pleasure, your own satisfaction, you're still doing it out of fear and pride. So he says, he says whether you're religious or you're irreligious, you can't judge someone else because your heart is as bad as theirs. And then he says this, it's the kindness of the Lord. Do you not understand when you're judging somebody else, when you're thinking that you are acceptable to God because you compare favorably to someone else, do you not understand that you're showing contempt for the fact that God has shown you kindness and forbearance and patience because he not only looks at your religious duties performed or your, or your man-made religion performance, he looks at the heart and he says, your heart is just as bad as those who do not do any of these things. I mean, that's why he said, that's why Jesus said to Nicodemus, who was a teacher of the law, who was a spiritual religious leader in the land at the highest level. But he said to Nicodemus, you must be born again. The, the, the beauty of the gospel is it levels us all because there's only level ground at the cross. And it says we are all so guilty, we are all so sinful, Christ had to die for us. And yet, as you realize the cross, you see that we are so loved that Christ chose to die for us. And so the process of changing, changing our hearts so we're not motivated by fear and pride, hearts that are now motivated by love, the process is repentance. And Paul says that repentance comes as you begin to be aware of and acutely conscious of the kindness of the Lord towards you. In Acts 3.19, when Peter's speaking, he says, repent then and turn to God. In other words, to every single one of us, religious, irreligious, you know, more devout, less devout, he says, repent, turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. What a promise, times of refreshing. So in, the, so in the New Testament, the Greek word that is more often used than any other is metanoia, noeo. This is the word for repentance. And, and what it literally means is to change your mind. To change your mind is really what the Holy Spirit is trying to do in your life and with your life. He wants you to change your life by changing your mind. This is why we've been talking about the change project being a lifelong but as project, but especially to be something specific that we're, we're doing during these days. Lord, I want to change in these areas. And the scripture is saying that the change must start with your mind, the way you look at something. And the first thing that Paul, I think, is trying to get us to look at 
is we don't change our mind because of guilt. We don't change our mind because of shame. We change our mind because of the kindness of the Lord. We see his mercy, his grace, his love. See, the Bible looks at repentance very differently than a worldly or a religious person does. In, in repentance, the idea is not just to reset your behavior because it's not working for you, but rather repentance means you have a reset in your mind, the default settings of what you think, what you believe, and, and the value you give to everything comes from the mind. See, when Paul is explaining judgment in Romans chapter 2, it's a difficult passage to hear. It's a difficult thing to to realize that that religion irreligious people find themselves by nature under the wrath of the judgment of God but it's also difficult to realize that each of us has this kind of little legalistic voice in our heads we have this little judgmental you know uh, self in there that that looks and says, am I, am I better than this person? If I'm better than this person, then I'm okay. Um, that was how the Apostle Paul lived his life. He, everyone he met, he took the measure and said, this person is better than me. And so he worked him, himself into a frenzy to be better than them. Or this person is worse than me, so he had no time for those people. You see, what happens is, until the heart is changed by the kindness of the Lord, even the way we do repentance brings us under greater judgment. What Paul is saying here, and this, is, this might be hard to hear, but what Paul is saying here is that religious people find themselves under greater judgment because the very things they judge in somebody else, they are therefore being judged by. This is why forgiveness and unforgiveness, this is why those are such an important aspect. You see, you cannot operate in grace while you're holding a grudge against somebody else. If you're unwilling to be merciful to others, then you ha- you're not revealing the change of mind that says God has been merciful to me, a sinner. And so as we're looking at this whole issue of judgment, both God's judgment of us and our judgment of others, this important truth pops out that it's God's kindness that leads us to repentance. That even when I'm changing my mind, I can't say, look, God, look how, look how, how obedient I am. Look how, look how you know, uh, pliable I am to repent. As a matter of fact, he's saying here, and we'll say again and again, that repentance is a gift, a gift that's offered by God so that we can escape the wrath or the judgment of God. This is, this is the only way to look at your repentance. Now, why is this so important? Well, because in relationships, people make mistakes. People betray each other. People uh, offend one another. I, I have had quite often done the wrong things with uh, my wife. And, you know, when I repent of doing those wrong things, then I want her not only to forgive me, but I want her to act like it never happened. Or I want to earn back her trust. And so I've often, when I've messed up, I really hate 
that feeling of ambiguity. Are we going to be okay? Is she mad at me? Is she upset with me? And so what I do is I start trying to do all the things that I think will make her happy. And while I'm doing it, I'm trying to make sure she's observing, she's, she's seeing, oh, look at, look at me, I'm serving you, I'm doing all these things. I'm, in a way, I'm trying to win back her forgiveness. And, and so I don't want her to talk about the mistakes. I want her just to talk about you know, what, I've, what I've been doing to make up for those mistakes. And what the scripture is saying is that that, that self-made atonement that we, we pull in intimate relationships or in friendships or whatever it might be doesn't work with God. It's not how repentance works. Is that it is a receiving of repentance and giving glory to God and even giving credit to God for the new way I think and the new ways that I act. It is not earning back God's trust because he knew all along this broken place was there. And as you begin to turn away from the broken place, it's God's gift that's not only allowing you to change your mind, but empowering you to change your mind. Now, this is so important because repentance is really a lifelong experience for every believer. Because God, God has a design and a process of restoration for us from being sinners to being saints, from being lost to being found, from being those who are orphans who are now sons and daughters of the Most High God. And this restoration experience of repentance is both a daily experience with the Holy Spirit, but, but also extraordinary moments of grasping the truth and extraordinary moments where you overcome and you have victory by faith over things that you wondered if you would ever have victory with. The Holy Spirit orchestrates crises of belief, crises of faith in which you will see the brokenness and the places where you've believed the lies and where you've, where you've given access to the enemy. And then he will show you the way out. He will deliver you from all of your, all of your strongholds. You see, the normal activity of the Holy Spirit happens every single day. But there are moments, these moments of refreshing that Peter promise. There are moments when the Holy Spirit may take you into a dark night of the soul, but he's only doing it, doing it so you can come out of the fog, out of the dark, and into his glorious light. He sets your feet like hind's feet on high places. This is his plan for you. This is his desire for you. Part of it is learning to lean into the repentance process. Well, what, is it, what do I mean by all of this? Well, we don't change our minds all at once. We don't repent of everything all at once. We can't even see it all at once. So there's, there's an aspect that repentance does not get its power just because I feel guilty. But rather it gets its power from the kindness of the Lord, which is the grace of God proclaimed to us only in the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the kindness of the gospel 
of the Lord who loves you, gave himself for you, who believes in you, who has committed himself to you, no matter whether you're in the valley or you're on the mountaintop. It's when we experience this kindness of his forgiveness, his true pardon, then our hearts begin to have a capacity to experience the fullness of who God is and what he has for us. What God is really looking for is a receptive heart, not a perfect behavior, but a receptive heart. This is the pattern. You see, God reveals himself. He reveals himself by his word. He reveals his heart by his commandments. And what happens quite often is as we see him more fully, as we we begin to understand the clarity of his word and how far we are and how great a gap there is between his holiness and our life, there comes a guilt burden upon us. But you see, the whole point of the gift of repentance is that grace then enables the guilt-burdened guilt and heartbroken person to repent. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted a, 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 a humble and contrite spirit he will never despise. See, it's his forgiveness that draws us to be honest with him. Believing I am forgiven, believing that he is revealing this so I can draw near to the fullness of who he is. Yesterday, it was so clear to me that, that why God wants you to lean in so closely is because he wants you to have a full view of him because the fullness of God brings the fullness of joy. But because we don't lean in fully and we won't face our guilt burden in the face of the grace and the forgiveness of our God, we actually only see a little bit of him. We presume upon his mercy, we presume upon his grace, but we're fearful of his holiness and his justice. But you see, it's the kindness of the Lord that that says, you must see me as I am. You must see my goodness. You must see my glory. You must see my holiness. You must see, see my mercy and my grace. You must see it all to know me. And the Lord wants to be known by you. We can seek God even as David sought God. Have mercy, David said, according to your unfailing love. You see, he knows and is asking for mercy because he knows God is holy and he is not. He has transgressed the law of God. And so he comes humbled. Have mercy. I don't deserve this forgiveness, but I know where to seek this forgiveness. And then he says, the basis that I can seek your mercy is your unfailing love. You see, he's, starting, he's, he's being able to see a wide view of God. According to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Cleanse me, wash me, let me hear joy and gladness. The humbling in life we experience is the mighty hand of God so that we can experience exaltation. See, if you will let him humble you and you will humble yourself, he will exalt you. And what is more exalted then for a mere mortal like you or, or, or me, for, for, the, for us to see God in his glory, to see God in his fullness. See, what happens is, 
If you will not enter into the gift of repentance, you will not enter into the gift of revelation. You will not be able to see God with clarity. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. It's an important, it's an important aspect of what's missing in our lives. We see God very dimly. So we experience his joy, his peace, his love very, very limitedly. This humbling experience is for your exaltation. For many of us, we sink pretty low before we actually value his grace and his forgiveness. We have to sink pretty low till we see how important the cross is. Well, how does this gift of repentance manifest? And this is what I have seen over and over again in my life, is that when he is really putting his finger on something, then the word of the Lord comes with great clarity. This was true as you look at the process of what God did with the prophet Jonah. The word of the Lord came very clearly to Jonah. But here was the problem. The word that came was not the word that Jonah wanted. It was a clear word, but Jonah wanted to fight against and rebel against the clear word and will of God. You see, our problem is almost never with mysterious passages of Scripture. Our problem is not with things in the Scripture we don't understand. Our problem is always with the things we do understand. But, but here's where the gift of God comes in for repentance. When he gives you a heart to read scripture, to listen to sermons, to be a part of devotionals, when he gives you a heart that loves scripture, when, he, when he's drawing you and wooing you to dwell in his word and meditate on it and love his word, and then he gives you the power to submit to it, that is the gift of God. Again, I have loved scripture since I was a kid, since I was a child. I've meditated, memorized scriptures. But it is not to my credit. That was a gift. As I look back on my 62 years of life, he, is, he has given me a gift for all these years to love his word. And yet at the same time, it's the clear things of scripture that were always a problematic thing for me. The anger in my heart would not submit to, in your anger, do not sin. The fear in my life, the fear of others, did not submit to how can you please men and please the Lord. You're either a servant of the Lord, you're a servant of the praise of men in Galatians 1. So what, what, what we've got to understand is the gift of loving and understanding the scriptures is a gift. But it has to move to this change of mind where he says, Lord, give me the gift of submitting. Let the main things be the plain things in your life and be the things that you are submitting to. You look, here's, here is a true principle that I've seen for my whole life and for all of church history. God will not reveal his secrets if you will not do what he has already revealed to you. Clarity of his word is there for you. But the gift that he gives us is even when we're struggling, if we will turn to his presence. Again, the prophet Jonah is a, is a whole book on repentance. 
But instead of turning to God when the word was clear, he turned from God. Jonah ran from the Lord. But here is what the book of Jonah tells us in the story of Jonah, that God sent winds to pursue Jonah. He sent a great fish to swallow Jonah. Calvin, John Calvin, writing about Jonah, says, The dark places, like the belly of the fish, become hospitals to heal us of our deathly sickness. That God will put us in these tight spaces, these dark places, not to destroy us, but to destroy the sin in us, to destroy the death within us. Our problem is we don't expect that he's going to make a hospital out of the belly of a, of a fish. And Jonah 2.8, you begin to realize that Jonah is incredibly changed. As Jonah turns his heart finally towards God instead of running from God, we see Jonah, the reluctant prophet, we see him it's with a changed heart, a changed mind. His changed heart becomes a compassionate heart. This is not indicative of Jonah apart from the gift of God. When Jonah repented, he had compassion. Here's what he wrote. I have compassion for those who cling to worthless idols and forfeit the grace that could be theirs. See, once the idols had lost their grip on his heart, now he had capacity, he had a fresh power to realize that salvation comes from the Lord and salvation is what the Lord wants to do for the lost. His inward rebellion becomes outward obedience from a heart of compassion. Oswald Chambers' great devotional, My Utmost for His Highest, he explains repentance this way. The new life will manifest itself in conscious repentance and unconscious holiness, never the other way about. See, many of us try to, we try to change our hearts so that we can have a new life. Or we try to become holy so that we can have a new life. What, what the gift of repentance is saying is you have to recognize that a new life has already come to you. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You have to stake your belief, your value on that change, the exchange of your old life for your new life. And then to begin to expect and begin to manifest a new Attitude, new behavior, conscious repentance, conscious holiness. It's the grace of God that wins our hearts. That's what the Apostle Paul is telling us. It's God's grace. St. Clair Ferguson says it this way, when we turn away from looking at our sin to looking at the face of God, there we find his pardoning grace. Only then do we really change our minds. Only then do we repent. Only by seeing that there is grace and forgiveness with him would we ever dare to repent and thus return to fellowship and presence of the Father. Only when grace appears on the horizon offering forgiveness will the sunshine of the love of God melt our hearts and draw us back to him. So the, the very bedrock of Christianity is repentance. But it all begins with this change of focus. Instead of focusing on my sin, my failure, my weakness, and trying to change that, I turn my face 
toward the kindness of the Lord. And that leads to repentance. To believe that the repentance that I'm exercising is a gift from the love and the beauty and the presence of the Father. In some ways, that, what this means is, and that this may be a little, a little jarring, but it means that in some ways you're, you, you don't repent just because you choose to repent. You're repenting because God has given you the gift of repentance. As a matter of fact, the old Puritans used to pray for the gift of tears. In some ways, if we ever get to the place where we cease to know the virtue and the value of repentance, we are in darkness. The reset that we're talking about is that we start to value repentance. Lord, when I am broken over my sin, that's a gift. Lord, when I am weeping over my weakness, that's a gift. This is not you punishing me. This is you loving me. Turning towards you, Father, is a gift. See, the Spirit gives us desire to do what is right and opposes our sinful desires. This is part of you recognizing that something radical has happened within you in becoming a Christian, something supernatural. The Bible calls it regeneration. You are no longer the same you. You have a new spiritual DNA. Regeneration gave you the power to change because regeneration changed you. A new father, a new lineage, a new destination. There is a very real new spiritual law of life, light, holiness, and righteousness that's been put into your soul. You have been, your DNA has been penetrated with the DNA of the Father. And this leads us into hating what God hates and loving what God loves. It's an inward miraculous change of the heart. No matter how bad you were, there's a new supernatural light within you. This is the gift of God. Changing now your mind to fit this new DNA is what repentance actually is. So repentance is God's remedy for everything that is limiting you, everything that's keeping you from your destination. But more than anything else, it's, it's expanding your capacity to see the fullness of the glory of God so that you live in love and life and joy and peace that doesn't come from this world but comes from heaven itself, which has taken up residence in your heart and in your soul. See, sin is our biggest foe. God, in his kindness, is offering us this gift of repentance so that we have everything we need to overcome sin. Peter gives us this amazing insight about repentance in Acts 3. He reveals that repentance is a remedy that addresses sin, and then it sets us up for renewal or change. If you're in in need of refreshing, repentance is the remedy. Repentance is God's way of refreshing. Repent then, Peter says, turn to God. Again, if you're wanting to turn to God, it's already his kindness that has been given to you as a gift to to return and to repent. 
so that then our sins are wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Cleansing of sin and refreshing from God are signs of major spiritual change. And the catalyst of that spiritual change is repentance. See, something very special is happening. That we are interested in repentance says God's kindness is being poured out on us. That we're willing to change our minds means the gift of repentance is being granted to us. Let's not waste this opportunity. Let's see how much wider our vision of God can become. How much more real his love and his holiness and his justice and his mercy and his goodness and his infinite uh, character, all of these things can become real to us. Though we are mortal, we begin to comprehend the immortal and we begin to live in a, a deeper, more profound vision of God because he wants you to know him because knowing him is life itself. Receive this today in Jesus' name. Amen.